Welcome to Seeds of Awakening. The podcast where we deliver audio workshops to you. My name is Forrest <laughs> Twire. And my name is Kimberly Jacobson. Uh, thank you as always for listening. Before we intro our amazing guest, um, I just wanted to say really quickly that it's so, so, so helpful. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy what we're doing, or you just enjoy the people who come on and share their talents and skills and tools, um, leave us a review. That would be awesome on whatever platform you listen on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything at all. Um, leave us a review. It really, really, really helps us out. And if you can share your favorite episode, share it with a friend, um, we would be very appreciative. Yes, we would. So thank you for listening. And then thank you for doing that. If you do, it's very helpful for us. Um, and this week we have Alexander Hope Flood. So last week we kind of hinted to this. Last week we did a bonus episode. Um, if you listened to it, it was uh, Alexander Hope Flood doing readings of us personally. Mm -hmm. and, and they're very fascinating. And they're intuitive readings where she sees all sorts of things like past lives and what's happening in the lives, challenging the things that are happening to you in your life. Um, and this episode, we talk about two things really. We dive into intuition and like what intuition is and how to tap more into your intuition in life. And then we also kind of dive into a little bit about like how she sees what she sees and um, what that experience is even like. So it was really fascinating and fun conversation. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really great tools that she offers in honing your intuition that I think are really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's kind of a, a muscle you're looking to strengthen in any way, um, Alex really gives us some, some great information, some great tools on that. So enjoy Alexander Hope Flood. We will see you in two weeks. Thanks as always to Malachi for the song, The Woods. first thing i wanted to ask you are people really intimidated to meet you <laughs> oh i hope not <laughs> i was kind of scared where are you i was like she's gonna read me I yeah you never you never know what's gonna come out <laughs> well that's a fair question and i feel that it comes from a totally healthy place of people wanting to protect themselves mm -hmm. and feel as though someone well because there's this old uh is trope the right word? I don't know if that's the right word. Um, maybe it isn't. But there's this old idea of, you know, the gypsy who's like, yo, mm -hmm. you're going to die on Thursday. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you're like, ah. And so that's a natural, <laughs> you know, we, it's in our culture. It's sort of in literature, movies. Um, so it's a natural thing to fear. For me, I am a huge boundary person. Mm -hmm. I do not read people unless they invite me to read them. Um... And also, in my process, I certainly can't speak for everybody, but for me, I'm either on or I'm off. I'm always into, you know, intuition's always running in the background, but when it comes to focusing my energy on people, mm -hmm. it's a lot of, you know, yeah, it's effort. It's love through, it's a lo uh, loving effort, but it's still effort. So it's, I think that I'm good at keeping it separate 
So when I meet people, I just am meeting them. I'm just myself and it's social. And I have a whole social side. I have a whole liberty gibbet sort of socially awkward <laughs> side of myself. I have an introverted side. Um, so I, you know, I feel like it could, I don't want anyone to ever feel in my regular life or working life intimidated or weirded out or nervous. I want everybody to feel really comfortable and safe because they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they're, people who go I'm getting something on you I, I you know kind of without you asking or right. you know I think that that may be a frequency in which some people work and be, some people need to get those messages but for me I feel like unsolicited information is uh, can ultimate could be a disservice mm-hmm. right so they're not ready for it no yeah. and then you just be like well somebody told me that you know and it's <laughs> not even necessarily that valuable yeah and it can look uh, anyway. So that's where I come from. And I'm going to ask you if I answered your question because when I start answering, I'm not like my left brain really quiets off, shuts down, <laughs> and then it pops up and goes, what, "Did that work?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't know. Did it?" <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for answering my silly question. <laughs> no, it's not a silly question. It's a good question, and uh, I hope I hope I answered it in a way yeah, that you, was uh, you did. helpful. Okay. Um, but we came here to talk about intuition. Yes. And I think most people know what intuition is. Mm-hmm. They've heard of it. They un- they understand like like gut feeling. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of a common thing, right? Like I yep. have yeah. a gut feeling. Um, what I think, at least me uh, and what I think of most people is probably like that you can hone your intuition, that mm-hmm. you can tap into it more, that you can expand on it. Like mm-hmm. that, that is that possible? Like Absolutely. Where, yeah, like where... Well, Yes. Do you want to expand on my question? (laughs) Go for it. Um, Well, I guess maybe, like, how would you define what would be your own personal definition of intuition? That's a a great question. So I'm going to give you an answer, but I don't, (laughs) this isn't original to me, and I would love to give credit to it, but I cannot recall where I heard it or read it. But it is, so whoever said this first, thank you. But it's knowing what you know, but not knowing why you know it. Hmm. And I like that, so I'm, I'm going to use it. Um, because it defies logic. It can be inconvenient um, because it will bump up against time and space and things that we feel we know with our logical side, our left brain side. And um, I'll, I'll give you a little overview, sort of, you know, you're right. Like everybody knows about gut feelings. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to point out that the gut feeling tends to be highly respected, but intuition doesn't get right. as much. Um, <laughs> and I think it's it true. really has to do with old fashioned, like male, female kinds of stereotypes with like huh. the guys are like, I trusted my gut. And I, you know, the hero of the action film, mm-hmm. I've used this example in my workshops is like the hero of the action film, you know, trust their gut and we're rooting for him. And he like runs into the building and saves whoever. And we want him to do that. But if if he were sitting around going like, I don't know, my intuition is telling me that maybe <laughs> I need to run into that building. We're not as patient with that process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have action behind it. And, and it doesn't, and yet we, you know, intuition is that it, you know, gut, gut feelings is intuition, but it's also can be very subtle. Mm-hmm. It's generally very subtle. That's like the biggest thing about intuition that I think anybody who wants to learn more about it it's helpful to, really helpful to understand that we have these ideas that intuition is big and you know strong and there are those powerful gut feelings in life and death moments right. but 
but most of the time intuition is very gentle it is very quiet and it hangs out in the background and it nudges at us mm-hmm. um it kind of goes over here over here and it's challenging to get it into the forefront because our lo- logic minds and our you know programming of running on our you know our autopilot mode um, well, now I'm going to drive to the store and I'm going to go grocery shopping. And now, you know, our intuition doesn't really tend to get heard in those kinds of moments when we're just, you know, living our lives. So, so it is very, like I said, it's very subtle. It's very quiet. So, you know, for instance, people are thinking that if they were going to get an intuitive hit about something, like a, a good example is flying, right? People think like, well, if I'm going to get intuition about what flight I need to be on, it would be loud and mm-hmm. jangly and it would get my attention like in the movies. Right. Like, oh my God, tell me not like to get on that plane. But in reality, your logic would be saying, well, no, I booked that flight. I paid for my ticket. I'm going to fly, you know, flying safe. And then, but intuition would be going, mm, you know, no, maybe there's like, it questions the logic. Intuition questions logic. Hmm. ultimately so you have to or what I've learned is to work on and I still work on this every day because I have my logic side is to trust that the intuitive the uh, kind of uncomfortable inconvenient information is coming is always for my highest good right and it's always for everyone's highest good and it is absolutely something people can develop and it takes practice to recognize what is my intuition and what is my other guiding forces you know in my being my immediate question that comes with that because it seems like they could be two sides of the same coin but like how do you maybe you know this maybe you don't but like how do you distinguish between when something is coming at you that's like this is intuition Mm -hmm. versus something coming at you that like this is doubt because your doubt sometimes questions your logic too big time so that's so it's such a such a spot on such a great great uh question to Thank ask because great question great question high five okay <laughs> <laughs> so I w- yeah i was thinking the same thing yeah. but yep. i was like anxi- how do you know the difference between intuition and anxiety yeah <laughs> Gr- yeah and I, I that's great so how you know the difference is anxiety is can be also be subtle okay mm-hmm. and crafty yes. and sneaky. but the difference it's sneaky yeah it's super Coyote. sneaky yeah <laughs> <laughs> stealth so but the difference is is that intuition has no into has no emotion attached to it mm. and it comes in sort of like think of it like a little bubble passing through you're like oh that's kind of weird i have this like message that i should xyz like i should go to the bank today instead of tomorrow for some reason it's there's a gap between it right and with but with and you but with anything that's doubt or fear even if it's subtle and it's trying to pretend it's you know intuition or questioning it has an attachment it has a pull there's a nagging feeling yeah the intuition's like no strings attached almost it's kind of like it's independent because it's ultimately coming from outside of you whereas fear and doubt are coming from within you they're coming from the unconscious or the you know or the old programming of You know, well, this kept me safe before. And we all, as humans, of course, we deal with a lot of fight or flight energy. And I always, you know, I've said to many of my, you know, clients and students is that 
fight or flight is got us here. It's a very valuable thing that's kept us evolving as a species for thousands and thousands of years. But we're definitely in a place of awareness now where it needs to be toned down because we're <laughs> and and we're supposed to and 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 not listen to so much and, at all and listen and really it's supposed to be reserved for emergencies right. and we're supposed to be in my view you know paying attention to this guidance that is very loving and of service and that we're participating with and co-collaborating with but it comes from elsewhere mm-hmm. so fears from within intuitions from without that makes sense it does make sense okay. Can you elaborate on where intuition comes from? Sense is that you guys, I think, well know we all have, you know, you guys have higher. We have higher selves, right? Mm-hmm. We have the, you know, our chakra system, and then our crown chakra goes into. There's many chakras above that, <laughs> and so we are really plugged into, without us always realizing it this higher level of information like a bird's eye view mm-hmm. you know like the owl right yeah looking down going oh, okay let me crunch all this data and figure out what my best next move is so i feel like it's coming from our higher awareness which is participating with universal energies and our guidance team and angels and all the beings that you know where it, it's coming from where we came from mm-hmm. that's it mm. it's like you know we've come from there and we are here now having this experience for all kinds of different reasons, depending on who you are, you know. And so we're going back into when we listen to our intuition, what we're doing is we're really just recovering information and communication that we've always had hmm. from where we were before we were born. Hmm. So I'll just throw in this because it's kind of ties in. But, um, uh, you know, a few years ago, one of my kids, it was my daughter. Was talking about, you know, naturally scared of, scared of death, right? And I said, well, the thing is, I understand. It's a very healthy thing, normal human thing to be afraid of. However, if you think of it like this, no one, you may be afraid of where we go when we die, but no one's ever been, talks about being afraid of where we were before we were born. Because before we were born, well, Mm. we were chilling. We were safe. We were in the all. So... If you just think about it as going back to where you all we all came from, like that demystifies some of the fear, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, oh. yeah. <laughs> and feels like you're like, oh well, I don't, I wasn't scared before I was born, so I'm not going to be scared when I'm no long, you know, when I leave. Yeah. So that's where I feel all the information comes from. It's from this wisdom place that we inhabited prior to incarnating. Hmm. Now, this might be a great kind of transition where I feel I've heard so many people say like as children we're still so intuitive Mm. and we're tapped into that information a lot more and that you know as we get older and we become patterned and conditioned with all the things that are Mm -hmm. in this lifetime we some of us lose that sense do you Mm. feel that to be true oh for sure i that's absolutely a big part of the pattern of human uh, being a human Um, (laughs) so yes we come in very awake Mm -hmm. and open generally and i would say the only thing that might change that would be a child who like came into like a very chaotic situation that might have to just protect themselves from yeah. like, at, right out of the gate but for the most part yes we come in very open and then they say and i'm not sure who they are right now because i can't remember but <laughs> i've read that you know sort of that mystic door tends to close around the age of seven 
mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. terms of consciousness. And then it doesn't necessarily have to, but that tends to be the kind of the right. standard. Yeah. If it's not kind of like nurtured. And yes, it will kind of close off. And I think it's because then we really step into whatever the kind of human life experience we've come here to have too, you know. I feel like we're all part of the big point of everything in life is to for us to get back to who we were when we were little, which mm-hmm. was our truth of who we were, hopefully. You know, that free, open, loving, uninhibited, you know. And and there can be past life fears that we feel when we're kids because we also are really, our back doors are really open to our memory. So like when, for instance, when I was little, I came in feeling very open and present and clear. But at the same time, I had a lot of um, fears of, um, ghosts and things like that which I didn't even know what a ghost was but I knew I was scared of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and I anyway that's a bigger story but I just feel that there's you know depending on the person like you can maybe have some old things to heal or but ultimately we are supposed to stay open we're supposed to recover either maintain or recover that part of ourselves mm. that knows that there's more that remembers that there's mm-hmm. more that knows that there are other ways most little kids I mean, we know when we're little, like, uh, you know, we see through the, like, kids th- see through, deme- uh, like, the veil, so to speak, you know? They, that's yeah. why I think kids just, they know things. We have a sense of, we just understand um, how everything is more fluid. And so that's all part of the intuitive process is just, mm-hmm. rem- like, remembering, like, oh, but there are answers to things and there are ways of being. And, like, that kind of magic that, you know, we're, kids are supposed to outgrow it's like no i don't think we're supposed to outgrow that i think people do outgrow it but i don't think we're supposed to outgrow it so we have subtle hits that Mm -hmm. are not attached their strings of of intuition so like what is how do you tune into it i guess is uh, a question i have or how do you you know like become more aware of it so i would what i would suggest is it's important for everybody to, if they're interested in, you know, paying attention to their guidance, which I, I would highly recommend because it really will never steer you wrong, ever, um, is understanding ways in which it, what your kind of best communication style is, because I think everybody has different things. So some people will feel their intuition in their gut, in their mm-hmm. solar plexus. Some will feel it in their heart chakra. Like their heart will tell, like my heart is heavy. My heart feels a weight on it. Mm. Why is that? Like, am I, am I carrying, you know, what is it telling me? Um, and then there are is clear, so there's clairsentience, which is fe- feeling, clairaudience, which is hearing, clairvoyance, which is I'm sure you've heard of as seeing, right? And so there are all these different channels. So each person has, I think, their innate strengths. Um, already and then if you want to develop others so for instance if you don't feel you've had a lot of clairaudient or clairvoyant experiences but you would like to develop them really it's so much about um meditation Mm -hmm. you know um there's you know practice uh helping your third eye chakra to open or your oral chakras to open um and sort of playing with it I always say like really start small so like driving is a great way to practice I love I, I still do it all the time like even driving up here uh, I had a general idea of what route I would need to take 
and Siri was saying like, oh, we'll go up Route 114. And I'm like, no, 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 but I'm supposed to go up Route 138. So I just tuned her out and I drove intuitively the way I knew I was going to need to get here Mm -hmm. on time and the easiest way. And uh, so I always, I always use intuition when I drive and that's a great way to begin to practice, you know, so when you're getting in the car, you're like, and let's say you have a little time to work with your like, what do you feel and or see or hear is the way for you to go, mm-hmm. like in terms of route. Mm-hmm. And then just take a second and you'll get like a little hit in your ear maybe, you'll hear it. Now, it, you'll hear it as your own voice in your head. Right. But it's not most likely. Feels I mean, like people, an important distinction though. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there, are vo- like, there are people who hear like their guides really talking to them, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have that experience or I've yet to. When I hear things, they're my guides talking to me or my ha- or through my higher self, but it feels um, comfortable, but it's from outside of me. Like, I know it's like, it's in my head, but but it's from outside. Does that make sense? It's, mm-hmm. a, little, I don't know, it's a little bit loopy possibly no, that, sounding. Yeah. But <laughs> no, that, that makes sense to me anyway. Like, I've, I feel like I've had that experience where I get a hit of something, but it feels like it's just me saying, like, it's my own voice in my own head mm-hmm. I guess. And it so it's not like but it feels a little bit like it's it's like a, a hit of like oh this is something that I wasn't like I wasn't trying to think this or exactly anything. Yeah, like so you ask like okay you know I have two routes which one should I take and you'll hear you know take the you know take the take the highway mm-hmm. and even though your logic might say well I don't want to take the highway that's really like a circuitous route and I don't really like the adrenaline of driving on the highway but there's a reason why you're getting that guidance now the other thing about intuition it comes down to it's not just accessing it's one part trusting it is another yeah learning how to trust it is the big big work I think because yeah. I think people get intuition all the time mm-hmm. but it's so easy because it is subtle because it doesn't want to interfere with our free will that's a huge part of this whole thing so if you really want to live a more intuitively guided life you know you will have to sort of start to kind of create a little wedge between what your you know ego mind and you sort of is which is a customs running the show Mm -hmm. and what your higher self and spirit heart whatever your you know all of that beautiful energy all that wisdom that we carry wants to where it wants to go because it has that bird's eye view so it's about trusting it. Does mm. that make sense? Does it does. Your question? It okay. sounds a little like both the identifying it, but then also trusting it. It's like strengthening a muscle. Yes. Almost. It's like, yeah. Yes. Like you can stretch into something, but then you got to deepen it. It's like, yeah. yeah, you know. And the trusting it isn't, doesn't sound like it's always easy because you are often battling with logic, right? Yes, like it's all a, the time. Like, which I feel like often, oftentimes in my own life, it's like logic is an easy, like, well, I should just choose the logic because it's probably right. Like in my head, that's what I think. Of course. Yeah. And logic is very valuable, but I feel that it is limited. And so intuition is not limited. And when you're following, it's like, a, it's really a way to follow your calling too, even if you're not totally sure what your calling is, you know, right. you're like, it's guiding you to the next thing, um, or the next place of where you need to be. So I was intuitively guided to walk into all that matters. Mm-hmm. That was like one day I just felt like, Oh, one day I'm going to, I didn't have a plan. It was sort of in the ethers. And then I had my dog, I would drive my dog down to Wakefield to get groomed and I would go by there. And then one day I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to go in there. So I did. And I just said hello. And then I had no attachment. 
and the whole thing it just my relationship and working there just unfolded very much in a guided intuitively guided way and I feel that when we pay attention to this is like where the the big opportunities really are we're being led like mm-hmm. w- with a wisdom like of like what's next mm. and it's also very exciting and playful like that's where these the sort of the real juicy stuff can happen because you know the unexpected or the you know can I tell you a little a little story? No. Love stories. No stories? We love stories. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, and I love irony. So, um, about, I had, about 1997, all right, so you were both very little. Um, I had, I got married in 1995, and I had uh, lived in New York uh, for quite a long time and had a lot of different career opportunities there, working as a writer or working in production and doing different things. And, but when I got married, I was back up in Rhode Island, happily, and I went to visit a friend of mine down there, and she said, we were having lunch in the village, uh, Greenwich Village, a place where we used to eat all the time, and she said, you know, she's like, I just feel like your time here isn't done. And I was like, Really? I don't know. I kind of like, you know, moved up to Rhode Island to live with Nick. And she said, I don't know. Just be open. She said, just be open. I feel like there's more here for you to do. So I was like, okay, I'll be open. Now, in those days, I was very much like, uh, you know, it was a journey for me to get to the place where I was listening to my intuition all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, for sure. So, <laughs> um, and I still work on it. So after our lunch, I decided just to f- be, I was open. So I just followed my intuition down you know to the subway to go back to Brooklyn which is where I was staying and I remember feeling this hit of like okay well I should walk on the south side of Houston instead of on the north and I just followed it followed the guidance and I get to the corner of Broadway and Houston and it's packed it's rush hour and I look over in this mob waiting for people to cross the light across the light and there's a a guy, a friend of mine, I hadn't seen him in three years. And I was like, Jim? And he's like, Alex? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm freelance writing and I'm living in Newport. And he goes, well, he's like, you know, I have a job at where I work. And he said, you got to, are you still right? Like, you got to call my boss. He's like, because he's looking for writers and you need to call him. And he gave me the number and I was like, okay. So I, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to call him. So I come back to Rhode Island call the guy I don't think I had a cell phone then I don't think I did so um I called him and he said all right listen I want to see what articles you've written because I had been published in a few different magazines now where my friend Jim worked was at MTV (laughs) so I had these different articles that I had written I had a a collection of articles about like different sort of people had interviewed and things and then I had articles about windsurfing Meg okay because my husband was this crazy windsurfer (laughs) in the 90s and I mean it was like he was obsessed as he will be the first to tell you so I wrote these like kind of satirical articles about his addiction that were uh, published in a few places and then led to other articles (laughs) so when I was putting together all my clips as those as they used to be called in the analog age you had to actually have xeroxes of things and send put them in an envelope and mail them so I thought well I don't want to send these windsurfing articles to this guy in New York because this is MTV and he's going to want to see like more sort of artistic creative stuff and my intuition just said no send the articles so I was like okay I put them in the envelope I think there were four of them five of them and this guy calls me a couple of days later and he's like Alex he's like I can't believe you wrote those windsurfing articles he's like he was he's like I am a huge windsurfer he's like when can you get down here 
<laughs> and I was working at MTV like two weeks later. Oh my That's god! So and I was a staff writer, and I it was a dream job. And I got to write every day, and I got paid for it. And I was there for over uh, for a year, and until I convinced them to let me telecommute. I was like, you know, but and and I came home and I worked out for a little. But it was this completely powerful experience that if I had used logic, right, uh, I wouldn't have gotten that job. I wouldn't have run into Jim. I wouldn't have sent the right material. I would have ended up. Um, I w- logic would have talked me out of it. Oh, don't send those articles. They're not applicable. Meanwhile, this guy, my old boss, he had like a windsurfer in his office, and everybody thought it was loopy. But like, I got it because I was like, no, no, no. I know the addiction. It's real. Um, that's so so funny. So that's one of my, you know, examples of an experience where if you just are open. Things that you can't even dream of mm-hmm. can happen. And that really was such a fulfilling time, too, because I just used my intuition the whole time. And I like saw all these artists in the uh, in the building and I got to write about, you know, it was just great. Yeah. It was really great. So anyway, so <clears throat> and on that note, like paying attention, listening, like and that was a moment to moment situation. Like, mm-hmm. just be open. Mm-hmm. Now, do you ever find and of course, we just had our reading. So receptivity is like some of my work Mm -hmm. but do you ever find that like I run into situations all the time where I'm like okay I just need to be open Mm -hmm. and I can just imagine myself in that scenario in New York being like okay I'm gonna be open as I walk home but then my logic starts to take over the place of intuition where it's like well that street looks brighter than that street so I'm gonna go with the brighter street instead of actually like pausing to listen Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so that's just it makes total sense and that's part of the developing it where you just have to give yourself a moment it's a it's a second it's a flash and you go what is the what feels right so for instance for me like sometimes it feels better Mm -hmm. sometimes i get a a picture and the picture says shows me the route so when I was driving up here, for example, I was shown a picture of the route I was supposed to take off of Quintic- through Quintic Island. Mm. But so it really is about taking that moment, just a quick mo- a quick check in. Yeah. Well, what feels good? What, mm. you know, and if you're drawn to the sunny side of the street, but your intuition is showing you the dark side, like the sh- in shadow side, let's say, or, you know, the cold, chillier side, <laughs> go with the chilly side. Because yeah. you never, maybe there's someone you're supposed to meet on that or, or something you're supposed to avoid. I also feel like we're being protected all the, t- we're always being protected. Mm-hmm. So if we listen to our intuition, you know, I think like every time we're delayed, like we're never, you know, if we're, I don't like being late. No one does, hopefully. <laughs> but I always trust if there's a delay or traffic, like that's a form of protection or like, yeah. you know, if we don't make the flight, like that's a protection or, you know, if we sometimes our intuition might take us to a place where like that's not the pretty rude home i like to travel on the pretty route but you're maybe being protected and it could be for something small like a traffic jam or being late for your teacher next class yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that i don't i forget who i was talking to about this but they were saying like we don't know sometimes i think when uh, they were saying like sometimes when people listen to their intuition, they have those hits. Like, ex- they expect something kind of like something big will happen. Mm-hmm. They were saying like we don't know what we miss, which is like the piece that might be more important. Like mm-hmm. if say you follow your intuition on the street and say you don't run into this guy, but you don't know who you missed like seeing that you shouldn't have seen or like what 
was happening that you kind of avoided, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is like the part where we just don't know what it might have protected us from, I think is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I think we tend to be naturally, you know, reward oriented. So right. we feel like, oh, well, I'm going to gain right. from this. But there's also the uh, spared. I'm spared from this. <laughs> and that's, yeah. you know, um, I have another, like a quick example. Like a, a few years ago, I had, had a session with someone in on the phone, a client on the phone, who's also someone who I sort of know a little bit from my town. And I was kind of wondering how they were doing based you know it's like I wonder how they're doing like based on our last session together and I was remember you know driving through trying to uh, town trying to figure out which mark I was like going to go to this one market and then I got this really strong hit to go to the market like you know a few miles away even though the market I was going to go to was right there so I followed it and I go to this market that seemed to be out of my way and I look up as I'm getting my cart and there's my client and she's like, oh, I was just thinking about you. And I just want to tell you X, Y, and Z. And she had this follow-up that was really heartening and really healing. And we just had this wonderful little moment. And I was like, thank you. That's why I was guided to go here. Even though it seemed like I was going out of my way, I was being led to the place where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I was grateful to be. So there can be these wonderful unexpected things. So I'm always working against the logic that's like, oh, you don't want to go to that. That store's two miles out of your way but anyway i've gotten used to it now so i just give myself over to it but it's still practice Mm. i always think um because i have a tendency especially when i'm in my hometown i but i have a tendency to be very awkward and like run-ins sometimes (laughs) And mm-hmm. I always think, like, when I get those hits of intuition, I'm like, it saved me from a terribly awkward run. <laughs> I, <was gonna> <laughs> I don't I'm know sure what happens. I, I'm like a personable <laughs> human being, but sometimes I just become a very awkward talker. Um, I get that, too. I, do you, I think it's because you get in your head. Yeah, it's I get in my head, and I feel a little awkward. Like, And it's like when you're not, when you're kind of outliving your life, you know, you're not, you're not in your head. But when you go into, say, a place of, like, where there's familiarity and yeah. context... We tend to get a little in our head, like, oh, well, wait, you know me from this, and you yeah. haven't seen me in this many years, and what do I tell you? Mm-hmm. I, that happens to me. I get, like, very, like, yeah, so that's my, I, I tend to, you know, yeah, feel yeah. that. Good. <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> no, definitely uh, not. <laughs> I am curious to how, how much, um, the right word is, uh, I want to say white knuckling, because you said white knuckling, but I, how much, the like, that gets in the way and i'm i'm saying this because you wrote in um somewhere i read something you wrote and you said when you're gripping something so tightly either out of fear grief or anger there's no space for grace to step in so i i wanted to ask you a little bit about like what happens when you're really attached you you mentioned like not being attached but like what happens when you're really attached to the outcome or what happens when you're really gripping something um like how does that affect your intuition hmm. Well, it blocks it out completely. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I do. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna be guided. I feel it. <laughs> I'm gonna be guided, and then I'm like, but sometimes I'm, I'm just stopping any guidance right. here. <laughs> but it's also like the example we mentioned in the reading when you're you were gripping so hard to an outcome, yeah. and then yeah. once you let it go, you had all these different opportunities. But you, so is that basically it? it? Blocks it out. It does. It's there, but we can't hear it. Because, you know, fear is loud and it's loud because it has tied to it's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Right. So it says, you know, 
it, it's for you know cat- it catastrophizes mm-hmm. and so because you know we're having lifetimes that are here you know we're we're paying attention to our evolution hopefully and you know able to sort of work with more you know subtle energies and things and 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 in this part of this life that we're grateful to have um you know fight or flight wants to take over but it really is no not of um it, it it's it's like turning on a fire alarm you know like like our fire alarm is always going off that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um and did that answer your question i'm not sure wait what was your qu- <laughs> the question is like how does white knuckling or oh like, thank you like being so attached right. to an outcome effect so the right so the grip that fear um it the universe gives us what we want mm-hmm. even if we don't necessarily want to be a, we just certainly don't want nobody wants to be afraid but um, and it's hard, you know, it's a really a horrible experience. It's very upsetting to be afraid. But if it's where we're sort of used to being and we are clinging to fear, um, because it may be all we know, it could also be because it's just very familiar. It could be because we have trauma and it's, you know, mm-hmm. where it's our, we're just our systems are kind of con- are unfortunately conditioned to be going into fear. Then our intuition is still there. Like that connection, that wisdom is still there. It simply um, can be, it can be, it can block it, um, or it can be harder to hear. But it really does go, it so depends on the person. Mm-hmm. I really feel that there are some sort of big, of course, through these big overarching sort of, uh, you know, generalities, if you will. But everything's very specific to the individual, too. So, you know, you may go into fear. Kim but that doesn't but I feel for you you know you're not going to stay there for very long thankfully because your wisdom's going to come right in and bang on the door and go okay no here I am and you're like oh okay there you are so you'll come back to center pretty fast yeah because you know what you're doing like but there are people who are unfortunately so you know really live in these anxious states and yet they're shut down to anything they're not Mm -hmm. even open to the idea of intuition I think that's really what maybe that was speaking to particularly when I uh, let I wrote that. You could be so, because you could be in that state for a long time, that Lifetimes. anger or fear, mm-hmm. and then when you're in that state for a long time, you're shutting it down for yes. a long time. Because really fear comes from the, the ego, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. And the ego or the mind or the me-go, sometimes I call it. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> trying to help us, you know, but it doesn't really recognize it's not willing to recognize w- that we're multidimensional beings. It only really right. likes the three D, you know, five senses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like that I can work with. Says you know, the mind ego is like that. I know that's familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can control that. Mind doesn't like being out of control. Mm-hmm. If it feels threatened by spirit, spirituality, it it can, in you know, very extreme cases, you know, it just rejects it completely. That's that's usually um, the kind of thing that when the real white knucklers those mm-hmm. are the beings on who i i really have compassion for because they're so locked into what they f- feel like they have to hang on to mm-hmm. yeah. that they're not they're afraid to even be open right so it's not that intuition isn't talking to them but they just don't eat, they reject it mm-hmm. mm. and that's makes it harder i've witnessed that i think it's really hard to you know when someone's like they had a hunch they got the hit but they were like Psh, nope no, I got a goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it may not be as kind of black and white as this, but 
just talking about this and like logic and ego versus following intuition it just feels like like intuition is the piece that moves you into like we just had a conversation about dharma so like intuition is the piece that moves you into like your greatness Mm -hmm. and helps heal a lot of the patterns Mm -hmm. whereas like the logic and the ego are the things that like keep giving you the lessons to see those things a little more clearly absolutely yeah i had a question just that popped in my head that was on the same thing which may have an answer for it it might (laughs) not at all either one is okay but the thought was like what is the purpose of intuition like is it is it to i have a goal like my intuition points me towards that goal is it like what's highest and best for me in the world yes like that okay it's what's highest (laughs) and best (laughs) and thank you and it is to also show to show us that um we are so much more than we've believe or feel or been taught that we are we are so much more and we have so many more uh pieces of information awareness guidance available to us and you know there's a huge segment of the population that just thinks that's like complete malarkey or you know so they're not even open to that and that's okay you know um but i i feel that when you you know, when you're open to the idea that there's a potential that there's more <laughs> or that there's more than, you know, to us than meets the eye, we, is awakening. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's the name, you know, Seeds of Awakening, awakening. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which is, I love that synergy, right? So um, it is, it's about, it's about recognizing those, se- you know, those seeds of what is, like, who are we? What are we here to do? And ultimately, it's so that we can be happy. That's really what it's just, yeah. you can also think of it as a tool. Like, we're always being pelted with information that we're being invited to use it. Um, we don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a choice. You don't have to use it. Um, but I don't know any... I've never met anybody who's regretted listening to it. Ever. No one yeah. has ever been like, oh, I listen to my intuition. <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever had a problem with it. Yeah. Everybody else... But people who listen to it are always like, I trusted my... You know, I trusted it. It's... It, 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 and it's it's not that we're not supposed to be so sort of like inundated with information that like we can't handle it. I think people are afraid of opening themselves up to that it will be more than they can handle. But it's all metered out. Mm-hmm. It's all metered out in exactly in a human pace. Mm-hmm. So because we're human. And so it comes down to take this route, not that route. You know, <laughs> it can be very simple moment to moment. Like, what are my next steps? Do you feel like... Um because in a lot of the examples we've used and what you just said, the it's very subtle and it's very small in terms of like, small is not the right word. Cause I no, know it, it is small. A big thing, but it c- yeah, like take this route instead yeah. of this route. Do you feel like it also shows up sometimes in like much bigger situations? It or certainly is it mostly can. It can. Mm-hmm. Sure. Here's a theory that could be incorrect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do you think ever that your intuition is kind of like nudging you in like hey you go in this direction this direction and when you ignore it and ignore it and ignore it it kind of like slaps you in the face like with a bigger thing it can for sure yeah so i want to say too that like i've worked with people and uh when i've worked in you know different settings with like group readings or you know different kinds of workshops most people i've i i I kind of throw it out to the groups and most people you know when i say most people can look back, even if they don't consider themselves intuitive, 
they are, but they can look back and think of a time when they wish they had paid attention to the thing that would have kept them from being put into a situation that was ultimately resulted in something unpleasant. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't consider yourself like, you know, like that's your, your jam, like, uh, but it is because even the people who are not, who are resistant, they have their own examples of, well, I had this feeling I shouldn't have done it. But I did it anyway, or, you know, and so that's, those are the kinds of things that we are being, opportunities we're being given to explore. And, um, I mean, for me, I just, I knew from the time I was, you know, a teenager that I was going to, or even a kid to a teenager that I was going to eventually get to this place where I would be doing this kind of work. Mm. But I put that way, uh, that's, it scared me. So I put that way in the background mm-hmm. for a long time. And I did all these other things first until finally I turned 40. And I just, I was like, that's it. I'm 40. <laughs> and not that there's, any, I was like, how much more time am I supposed to give it? I'm like, I have to, I have to con- start to really address like, who am I really? And what am I really here to do? So I feel like I had been given a nice, they're like, all right, you're not ready. You can have some more time. Mm-hmm. But when I finally got to this particular age of what felt like really a official adulthood, right. I was like, okay, I really can't pretend anymore. Like I'm here to do something and I need to do it. And so I had to face my fears. Mm-hmm. So I was getting nudges all along. I had the intuition, but it was a long range plan. Right. So <laughs> I kind of kept, I was able to put it off until yeah. I felt comfortable and I did a lot of work and I did a lot of my own healing and mm-hmm. I've been a spiritual student since I was a teenager so I think it took me a long time to get comfortable with the idea that this is what I'm here to do and that right you know, and I'm 51 now so yeah when you got to that point of like okay who am I really and what am I here to do what what was that process like like what what was your inquiry in in looking for that those intuitive answers i felt that i had a a perp my life had a, sp- a spiritual purpose everybody's life has a spiritual purpose whether they're aware of it or not but i knew it had like a spiritual purpose and yet i had been in the closet i don't know like <laughs> i'm a gen xer so you know i didn't have a lot there was you know when i was in high school and I think I, you know, read my first astrology book when I was 16 and I really felt like, oh my gosh, this makes, you know, made so much sense to me. And I just began exploring, but I didn't have a lot of people I could share it with. Thankfully, I could share it with my dad, Um, but I didn't have a lot of people who understood. So, and anytime I did bring it up, I had, you know, it was met with derision <laughs> of a few, a few of my lovingly skeptical friends. So I just kind of kept it to myself and, and, and I then, you know, so until I and then I did have a I have a best friend who is like a total soul sister and she's walked that we met when we were I was 18 she was 17 and we've walked this whole path together you know so I had her and without her goodness knows but I feel like when I got to this place where I felt like I'd run out of calendar time I felt like I was standing on the edge of a diving board and and like okay I've got to jump but I can't see the water And then at the same time, I had a health issue, and I knew that the health issue, I had this frozen shoulder, and I was agonizing. So I knew that the health issue, the shoulder, was for a reason, and it sent sent me on to asking why, because I always ask why, and then I started meditating and studying meditation, and then that opened me up in a way that my third eye really started open during meditation, this studying I was doing with this teacher, and... 
I could feel this pressure on my forehead for weeks and it was a very comfortable warm feeling I just started to be able to see things and I always knew that eventually I'd be able to see things but I wasn't ready it was a little scary to me Mm -hmm. you know I had a lot of fears about being you know I think a lot of you know persecution or ridicule or you know come you know kind of being out in the world and and I also had other people show me a mirror that says like there's nothing to be scared of like a lot of us are doing this don't worry about it like get over it so I had a lot of different um places of help and support and also I just really needed to be pushed right yeah and I got pushed I had somebody a couple people pushed me and I really (laughs) none of my fears were realized in fact everything makes sense now (laughs) can you elaborate at all on like when you started to be able to see things like I know you, you talked to us when you did our readings about past lives and about a lot of stuff like mm-hmm. it, I I can understand we when you mention like you hear a voice intuitively like but what is it is there any way to describe that sure so when my third eye opened like for real um so what it looks like is it's like I have a screen on the inside of my head, like a big white screen, and I will see things on that screen. And I know that I'm shown things, like they're projected onto the screen. So that's one way I see things. And then there are times like when pictures? I... pictures? Yeah, like, yeah. thank you, like pictures, images. They will always come with with your past life reading, for instance, Kim. It was like I saw fit pictures, but it was moving. It was images, and there was energy and intensity and emotion around it. So... I'm shown things that, and then I download them, I guess, and I, I interpret what I'm getting and relay it. Like I always say, I'm sort of, I feel like I'm an air traffic controller and a ground crew and, a, you know, kind of like bringing the plane in for the landing, but I'm also helping to guide, you know, tell the plane where to go. And so I'm working, you know, as I'm seeing things and I'm, you know, and, I'll, and then I listen, like I hear, so they go together for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people who are, I just made, this might be an interesting clarification for your listeners, um, <laughs> that, for instance, not, so, a, every, you know, I haven't, so, like, saying, seeing things, like, that's, a, you know, what would be considered a psychic ability, right? Mm-hmm. So, these are all, you know, these psychic channels, but with the intuition, the reason why I, like, I my, one of my teachers told me, to, you know, recommended I use the word intuition, which felt really good to me. Um, and and being an intuitive is because they, she told me that the distinction is that a psychic can give you information, but it won't necessarily have context. And Mm -hmm. so, and I think it can also tie into your earlier question on people being intimidated because Mm -hmm. they're afraid of getting that like scary thing of beware the red door and you're like, spend the next five years looking (laughs) at red doors and you're like, (gasps) you know, and you, but you don't understand what it means. And so. What I'm doing with my with the intuitive work, how I work intuitively, is to really put it in a context for your healing, for your path. Mm-hmm. It's not just a free-floating piece of information. And not to say that that isn't of service, and if someone needs that, that can be great. But I think that, so the psychic psychic, the psychic can get say, well, I see this and this and this, but it doesn't necessarily, f- you, you have to then maybe figure out how to integrate it into your life or not, because sometimes things don't make sense. And sometimes they do. Yeah. And then, but they, but intuitively, what I do is I try to put it into like a, a container for you, and that's the difference. Um, might just be helpful. So, so I see things psychically, but I filter them through this channel of integrating everything mm-hmm. for 
because I know that's what I'm so supposed to do, mm-hmm. I'm guided to do, is to help integrate it so that it has, a, it can be really a, have a resonance for someone to feel like they're, you know, on their path or they're knowing what they're doing or where they need to heal, et cetera, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah. And it's and not just an on, ominous red door. Yes. It's not <laughs> yeah. just, it's like, ooh, you know, cause that's, that is scary. And also people don't know how, I mean, I think that it's why people are nervous about doing this kind of work because they're afraid of hearing something bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can certainly understand that. Uh, however, I really have not had that, um, you know, I've not had that experience, you know, thankfully, I really feel like that ultimately there's like all love here for us and there's healing and there's, we're protected and, you know, things do happen, but I, you know, of course we have these, you know, things happen in life and they're very, can be very hard and difficult, but, you know, um, I never, I really don't feel it's cool to leave anybody hanging. Mm -hmm. Just be like, well, see ya you know i just gave you some really jarring piece of news and you don't know what to do with it and that and jarring news doesn't really happen because that to me tends to be like you that that kind of information tends to be when people are picking up things that are sort of like in the atmosphere like think of it like the internet like stuff's flying around all the time Mm -hmm. but when you work with a sort of a more like really sort of higher sort of soul kind of communication it's like I could maybe pick up some free floating things like, you know, don't park here because you might get a ticket next week or whatever. And that could be fine. You don't want to get a ticket, but it's not necessarily going to. Mm, I'm not and I'm not trying to denigrate anybody's form of working. It's just to explain the differences between yeah. how some people work and how other people's how other people work and why p- there are different kinds of experiences. It makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, I'm just curious, this question, I, it's uh, more out of ignorance than anything, so f- oh I hope no. it doesn't offend you. I'm sure, um, <laughs> I'm sure you can't offend me. But when that happened, it sounded like a specific moment for you, and and I think maybe you're, you know, you've had this whole journey since you were 18, which probably primed you for it, but mm-hmm. when that happened and you started seeing, you know, these, seeing all of this, like, was there a moment that you were like, oh, shoot i'm crazy like or was it, were you like primed and ready for it I was because it's a i was it ready feels jarring mm. to yeah. me if i just were like tomorrow well no it thank you that's a good quite really good question but it wasn't jarring because it was something i intuitively knew all my life i would be able to do eventually yeah so you were ready you were like, <laughs> i was, I was <laughs> like it's I, time. yes and and it wasn't scary but i'll tell you because i was little from the time i was little I was always afraid of the unknown and always afraid of the unseen. And I had this completely irrational fear of ghosts because I never had seen one. Um, and I was told there weren't such a thing, even though now we know that's not true, but (laughs) it's okay. It was what was needed. It was the message that I needed to get at the time. Um, so I really feel that, um, I was as a young person and in my twenties and thirties, I was super scared of seeing something. Mm-hmm. Like I had that fear of like waking up and being like somebody standing there. <laughs> and, um, so I blocked it out. I think I really blocked out anything like that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. from happening because I was like, no, 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 no. Like I'm the queen. I used to be the queen of like, you know, sleeping with a pillow on my head. And I was really afraid all the time because I didn't understand about protection I didn't understand and that changed everything when I got a protection prayer when I was 16 or 17 and that changed my whole frequency and I just started being able to feel safe and feel okay prayer that you said I was given a prayer yeah um so I think my so 
and it was a white light prayer, like white light protection prayer. And then I just started saying it because I was just so afraid of ghost walking. And I really was afraid of the paranormal like all the time. So, um, (laughs) but now that I, sweet irony, (laughs) (laughs) right. And now that I can, like, I couldn't, okay. So when I was 30, the movie, the sixth sense came out and I couldn't see that movie. I was too afraid. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to see the thing about the kid who can see the things. That's scary. <laughs> and now I realize, oh my goodness. First of all, thankfully, there are not that many people who are stuck here, who are trapped, who need to be, you know, uh, who are need help, like the pink, like the kid in the six senses. But those beings, I now recognize I can help them. Do you? And that's what I do if I need to. Sorry for this uh, no. clarification. Do you see ghosts now? Like, do you feel like, like no? I, s- I can sense them. You can sense them. But it's also because I built up such like a, a <laughs> I'm so used to protecting myself that um, I feel them or I sense them. But I also know um, that it's a selective process. So, for instance, if I need to just live my life. I'm not going to go to the, gr- like, I know I keep wrenching the supermarket, I guess, because I'm a mom and I shop a lot. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to go to the grocery store Unavoidable. and see, like, a ghost, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not, op- you know, they're not, like, wait- like following me around. Though I did have an experience in a restaurant in New York I years ago. I you were about to say, so, but although there is a ghost right here. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, only, no, because you guys are so positive. There's just too much positive. They're positivity. And, and also, ghosts are really just people who are, all they are are in need of healing they're stuck mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. they are so now i understand that i'm like oh so that's no different than anybody like who's hurt or on the side of the road and you needed to call an ambulance or you needed to call the police to get them help like now i see that they're stranded so i'm not afraid of them because i think when i was little now i recognize they were beings who could see because they can see they're looking for people who can help them mm-hmm. cross because i don't want to be here once they realize they're here most of them don't want to be here they want to go to the other side so they will look for beings who can help them so that's like the whole right kind of premise of the success but it's nothing to be afraid of it really isn't yeah because when you especially when you're living your dharma like okay (laughs) i really feel like when you're really living your dharma and your dharma is a like you know teaching and healing and yoga and you know you're already like putting out a lot of light yeah. And so they recognize, you know, unless your real your calling is like to be a medium or to be mm-hmm. a, yeah. you know, then I feel like they're not they're just going to move on to the person who they really can communicate with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't have people come to my like occasionally I get a visit in my house, but it's very rare, but it's it's very comfortable for me and really to be honest. So that's yeah. the cra- the craziest so, part. Yeah. Well, it's also funny because we were just talking with Joan about like you know, some of our greatest fears are just being like fearful of our own greatness. Mm. Mm. So it's like, oh, well, thanks a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Excellently put by Joan and you guys, I'm sure. It's like uh, that, yeah, that it's true. It is that sort of what are you really here to do? So w- like when I see things, what I t- th- this is the great, the another irony is that it's a very safe experience for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be my imagination, my fear made it seem as though it would be like a movie where you look up and it's suddenly very cold and there's a stranger there, you know, and that isn't what it is. It's for me, it is an extremely, and I'm not saying people don't have, there are mediums who have experiences like that, but I have figured out how to stay. I just feel so protected that I know that 
when a being comes to me and needs help, like I'm able to help them. And so it's really a heart centered process. Mm -hmm. It's love. It's just using love to help them get into a frequency back to love because that's where they want to be. And they, and they're here. They're only here because they're just, they are maybe got a little, you know, got a little stuck and the universe is very complicated. So sometimes they're like residual kind of some piece of people are like kind of part here, but they're also part over there. Like their souls over there doing more. A lot of their souls over there are doing work, but then there's a part of them that's still here that needs to go back. So anyway, it's <laughs> it's layered. Crazy. Don't, I love it. Don't call her crazy. No, <laughs> I love it. No, um, I but so you do. You work with people one on one. So someone comes to you and they say, "I want to know about this intuition thing." And then what's the next step? In that process. Well, it, currently what I, I, people, um, I do readings for people over the phone or over Skype. Oh, or cool. Skype audio. That's great to know. That is yes. good. Podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what I do is really what I did with you guys at the beginning. I just really start talking and tuning in and channeling what is their messages, what are their soul messages. And if someone wants to learn more about intuition, um, I'm happy to be of service in that regard. I also f- want to say too that with... You know, um, it's so important just to always just be open because one of the things I will tell my workshops when I've I've you know given readings and or do different kinds of uh, workshops around this is like you don't always get what you want but you get what you need mm-hmm. and that's such an important you know what piece of it because people might have come with a predisposed idea of like well if I'm really getting if this is for real then Uncle Larry is gonna tell me right. you know. <laughs> about the you know whatever the like the messages that I expect to have and that's attachment and that's the ego and now it's not to say that those messages don't come through people do have those but it's so important to just be open to what is it that you might need Mm -hmm. to hear so there's a bit of surrender that goes with it at least in my little corner of the of this world um so and then so if they want to know I mean I find that when someone you know, wants to work, if they want to work with me on that, then we can certainly do that and I can help them develop that. But it really just depends on the person. Work is with past lives too. So that's, it seems very intertwined. They are. When you did a reading with us, you talked about our past lives. So can you just briefly, maybe we might dive into this in more depth or depending on how this goes later, but um, can you briefly kind of touch on past lives and what? Well, I feel like in my experience that they are, some of the most profound healing opportunities is to understand who we were so we can understand who we are. Mm-hmm. And if only to validate, hey, I know now why I feel this connection to Japan or I know why I love the Old West or, you know, it's because we have memories or the things that we've learned. And also we tend to, when we've had quote unquote, you know, successful past lives, sometimes even if we're meant to have a different experience, like in your reading, Kim, you had been very successful as this like female, you know, kind of warrior energy. And um, so that's a a positive memory that you carried forward. Mm -hmm. But now you realize, oh, I don't necessarily need to apply that now because I'm already good good at that. So I don't need to keep doing that. Hmm. So that's another benefit of understanding where we, who we were. So Mm -hmm. now we know who to be. Um, Also, it's fabulous for healing trauma. If you have traumas that you cannot understand. Um, For 
in my journey and my fa- with growing up and with my dad and my family and just you know understanding past life trauma um and and sometimes finishing karma you know mm-hmm. finish figuring out like well you know this started in this lifetime and you know we're ending up here for a reason because we're here to finish work or finish learning or we had one kind of healing or awareness here and one of the most uh, be- beneficial things I think to understand about it too is that as I said at the beginning of your readings or I think I said at the beginning of your reading that it's really interesting to understand like the who the why the what mm-hmm. but that's it's really helpful to not get stuck on that because it that's another sort of tendency of like well so-and-so said I was a blah 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 you know uh, like a <laughs> running out of good examples no but like you can <laughs> you can we can get a little sort of attached is a better word we can get attached to um well, I was a queen and then, you know, right. or I had a royal life and, or I was a sort of, and like those things are valuable to understand, but it's really important to not be attached because the soul is infinite. Mm-hmm. And so the, per, our egos make judgments about like, you know, who someone, where we, you know, that we like as if, you know, we had to have been somewhat important in history or, you know, or we make judgments about that, but it's really it's like that's just sort of a like a like the fun trivial part of it the truth the healing comes from really just understanding on a soul level mm. what our past lives how they influence us today and their healing mm. them is rather and i do healing that healing work in my sessions if people need it depends you know every session's different so it really depends on where we're called to go but if someone you know has trauma and they they can't put their finger on the root of it in this life it te- it will most uh, more than likely past life or ancestral mm-hmm. you know sometimes we yeah. carry things energetically from right. lineages right so mm. um so that's part of it too so who we were in past lives as a soul but then who were we genetically in our family so it's fascinating it, it just go- keeps going we just it keep turning so over more stones <laughs> it is and i think I we can it. dive deep into that yeah. um but for now i the work you do, I mean, uh, mostly one-on-one. You obviously do some workshops as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you just did a cool one at All That Matters. Um, where can people find you? Connect with connect you. With oh, you thank you. And all of that, so if they're the interested. E- thank you for asking. The best, easiest way is to go to my website, which is alexandrahopeflood.com. And it's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A-H-O-P-E-F-L-O-O-D. And then, uh, and then, or email me at alexflood at gmail.com. And my, I spell Alex with an I A L A X. So, um, funny thing about me using my full name, I was never comfortable with being like this with this big name. And I like just being Alex. I like being kind of like, oh, oh, look at you me. have such a great yeah. name, oh, though. Oh, thank you. Well, thank my mom. She channeled <laughs> yeah. it, I think. Thanks, mom. Um, thank you. But, um, but I had a lot of like st- liking to kind of be introverted and hang in the background. And so when I really need, knew I needed to step into this path, I knew I needed to use my whole name. So um, even though I want everyone to call me Alex, and that's where I'm, that's what I answer to, my name is, I use the whole thing because I feel like it's part of my, like I couldn't do this work without stepping into that. Mm. Anyway, it's just a little piece of trivia about me, but <laughs> that's why my <laughs> URL is long. <laughs> AlexandraHopeFlood.com. Mm-hmm. We got it. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you so much for doing this and for yeah. the personal readings. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a blast. So thank you. You're very welcome. It was an honor and a pleasure. It's you guys so are just so delightful. Thank you very much for having me.
It's us again. <laughs> Still here. <laughs> that song was Root Down by the one and only Solno and Malachi. Um, you can find it on Spotify. But what we really wanted to say was if you guys really love the work we do, there's two things I wanted to say. One, go to BeLightBlog.com and subscribe to our light letter if you haven't already. It's a really fun letter you get every week. We're like your pen pals. Yeah, we drop it into your inbox for an, a delightful little weekly surprise. It's fun, it's playful, and its intention is to be inspirational and um, give you more tools in your toolbox that you can use in terms of staying healthy and happy in your life. Outside of that, we also want to mention a lot of what we do is free. We do that intentionally because we think it's really important to get these tools out into the world. We care about it it's our mission and um we recently started something called patreon which you may be familiar with where you can support us with a monthly donation from you know five dollars to really as much as your heart desires um but it's really helps us do what we do if if you're in a position to support and we really appreciate it so you can see the link in the bio and check it out thanks thanks